Welcome to the Text Hub Talks podcast. We've got a host of experts covering a range of topics from education right through into the workplace. So make sure you subscribe through your preferred podcast player or streaming service so you never miss an episode. Today, you're hearing from me, Louise McQuillan, Workplace Solutions Manager at TextHelp. I'm delighted to be joined by Jodie Greer, founder of Be People Smart, and Erica Wong, Senior Brand Consultant at Radley Yelder. Jodie is passionate about disability inclusion and accessibility. With over a decade of experience in this space, she founded Be People Smart to help organisations become more confident about disability and harness the value of inclusion and ultimately put more human centricity back into all sectors. At Rally Yelder, Erica works with clients to help bring their brands to life in ways that connect with real people. She has a passion for applying DNI principles into her work and championing more inclusive communications that benefit everyone. In fact, she's worked on extensive research, including Ravi Yelder's semifine DNI report, which cracks open the cliches and complexities of DNI communications. So today we'll be exploring how organisations can make their communications more accessible and inclusive, and sharing advice to help you reach your whole audience more effectively. So first, welcome to you both, and it's great to have you with us today. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, hi, it's great. Thanks. So to kick off, let's talk about accessibility and what it really means. So in the overarching sense, accessibility is about creating equal access, whether that is to information or goods and services. And within that, we have two elements. So firstly, complying with accessibility best practice, such as WCAG guidelines and legislation. So addressing barriers to access for people with disabilities and making sure that those barriers don't exist. And then going beyond the ability to access, there's often forgotten aspect about making sure that the content can be accessed and is actually usable uh, as well as being understood. So Jodie, I know you work with organisations to deliver more accessible communications. So for our listeners, can you explain the difference between these two elements? Yeah, absolutely, Louise. Um, there are so many things people can do to make their communications more accessible. Um, and loads of them are quick wins. It's just that people don't even realise they're out there. And hopefully we can cover some of that today. But I think the difference is what people consider to be accessible and what actually provides a good experience. So it actually enables people to absorb and digest the information you're trying to give to them. So yeah, I don't want to get too much into the fine detail right now, but it's just so important that we are thinking about people. And often we talk about accessibility, we think about people with disabilities. It's not just about people with disabilities, it's about people. Personally, I'm not living with a disability. And if information isn't fully accessible, I can really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even yesterday, I seen an article where Airbnb were doing a... Um, accessible guide to some of their experiences and some of their stays but it was designed for neurodiverse individuals but for me personally I wouldn't say I have a neurodiverse condition but I think that's great to actually see and sort of get an experience of that before you buy or before you try so I think that that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important as well that we don't try and overcomplicate things. I think sometimes people confuse professionalism with very complicated language mm-hmm. um, and you can be a very high reaching professional and keep it simple. You know, people just need to get through the information that they need to absorb. Nobody wants to spend far more time than necessary on any task. 
<laughs> yeah, and just on that, I mean, we know the statistics around the sort of the reading age of being nine years old. And, you know, that might sound like a shocking fact to a lot of people, but but it is the, the facts that we're, that we're dealing with. So for some ways, improving readability is really a big thing to accessibility. Um, Erica, as a, as a brand consultant, what would you say to brands? Um, what's the importance of um, having information that's understandable for everybody? I mean, I think it's it's really just kind of at its core of what brands are doing, which is they're communicating to connect people to ultimately what their product or service is. And so how well those messages come across is absolutely key. So if you can't communicate at that most basic level, um, no one's going to understand your message. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, we see as a, as a way for brands to help stand out um, by being able to communicate simply and clearly and effectively, but also it's it's what people prefer. I think there's a study actually I, I stumbled across um, where, you know, even in the legal field, um, even law judges preferred, you know, simple, plain speak to this legalese and getting kind of caught up in all of the, all of the complexities of it. So I think, you know, it's we're all just humans. We just need to communicate to each other like it. Yeah, and what role, I suppose we can't really go without sort of mentioning that the COVID word, um, you know, and with the sort of shutdown of a lot of information and services, you know, meeting people face to face, how important do you think websites have really become now in terms of that communication channel? I think they're absolutely critical. I mean, I think even before COVID, we were, you know, most people tend to prefer kind of finding information on their own anyway. So, it's about making sure that all of your communication channels online, through your website, through your social media, through everything, all of those touch points kind of have to sing from that same sort of song sheet, which is about being clear, being about having those consistent messages and being able to communicate that in a way that everyone is able to understand. Yeah, I suppose question to you both then really, what would be sort of a couple of key tips that you would give to anybody, whether they're starting out or they're trying to redo some of the information um, that they're, they're maybe provided previously? What would your, your key sort of um, points and sort of support would be for them? Sorry, I, I was hesitant then, only because there's so many points and I really find it hard to give a couple. Yeah. Um, but I think there are things that people don't even realise make such a difference. And this is not exhaustive, hence my first point, but things like alternative text on imagery is so, so important. Um, so for the listeners, for someone, for instance, who uses a screen reader, they may have no or little usable sight, when you've got images, they can give some very strange feedback on what that actually is, as well as potentially give nothing and they may be contextual. So things like that are just so, so important. Um, and something else, again, this is just one other point because people honestly don't tend to think about it a lot, is colour contrast. So mm -hmm. again, I mean, I'm wearing glasses um, sitting here in my chair and when I've got them on, I can see perfectly well. But the amount of times I see what people consider pretty imagery with like, you know, a pale pink background with white text on it. And I find myself really squinting and trying to get closer and closer to my screen to see what it says. And I just think, do you know what? People don't realise that actually it's not that pretty because it doesn't say anything unless I really concentrate. Mm -hmm. do, do you think there's a challenge for 
content creators, uh, and website developers, it's almost a battle of, well, it has to be accessible or it has to be pretty. You know, they sort of think they can't do both. I think that's the thing. I think people think they probably can't have both. And you can mm-hmm. absolutely have the best of both worlds. However, sometimes we can all get quite set in our ways and we have our habits and the ways that we portray information. And it may well be a different way of thinking. But that doesn't mean it's not a really effective way of thinking. And actually, if you think about it, with the increased reach you have for the people that couldn't access your information before, it can look pretty and it's basically just better content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, having sort of nice colours doesn't actually make anything more accessible, which I think, you know, for a lot of people, it probably is. Oh, it has to be on brand and it has to, to look a certain way. And I suppose, Erica, in that case, you know, where does the the sort of the line fall of it has to be on brand, but also has to be accessible? Is there any sort of tips you could give there? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to follow on on the points that have been made, I I don't think it's necessarily to have that you know a, a hard choice between what's on brand or or what you feel like it needs to be versus if people can understand you because the point is if people can't understand you and and don't understand what you're trying to say, then the point is kind of it's moot because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. Um, and I think obviously there's, there's always going to be, you know, the, the design of something, it plays such a huge role in how people are able to access that, that message. Um, so I think for, for brands, a lot of the time it's, it, they're so kind of focused on, it has to be on brand. It has to be this. And they're, they're so kind of inward looking that it's really, you know, falls short of actually, leaving the sphere of within your own within your own the four walls of your organization so it becomes much more about you know it should be less about thinking you know how do i you know focus on my own messaging and my own sort of world of what's going on with me but looking at what does my audience need to know how can i make sure that i'm able to translate what i'm trying to say so that it actually has that impact Mm-hmm. And I suppose one of the, the, the big things, obviously, for a lot of organisations is certainly the compliance side of things that legally they have to do something. Where do you think the link of compliance, so, so you're do, meeting or doing what you need to do to meet your compliance, but actually there's more you could be doing to, to support more people? I think it gets really complicated with that as well, because, of course, depending on where you operate, So global organisations in multiple countries, of course, they cover so many different legislations. So to be fair to me, it's about literally making it about human beings. If you can meet human needs, the reality is you'll meet or probably exceed all legislation. Mm -hmm. So in some countries you're going above and beyond, but that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And in other countries you're doing absolutely everything you should be doing. But really, is it? You should be doing it because the law tells you it, or you should be doing it because your staff and your customers matter to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the question that all organisations should ask themselves. Yeah, so it shouldn't be a, a box-ticking exercise. It should be we're doing the right thing for our audience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then talking or sort of moving on then um it is important to note that inclusive content is all about your messaging and making sure people are able to to understand that jody i know at be people smart you're centered around actually being people smart and putting human factors into business so can you tell us again just a little bit more about what that actually means yeah it's literally thinking about people i think what happens in business an awful lot of the time is we get so busy that we kind of forget um 
even down to, for instance, you know, how many line managers have people management training, right? So these are the kind yeah. of things that we're trying to really instill a different way of thinking. But it's basically just considering the fact that anyone that can run a business without human beings involved, genuinely interested in seeing these business models, right? Because this is really interesting. So the reality is we all have people. How do we get the most out of them so then they enable our businesses to achieve, to succeed, and to basically be competitive in our market? So it's so important that we don't forget we're dealing with human beings. People have good days, people have bad days, people have different needs, and we're all so different. And it's about embracing that and actually appreciating that. We talk about the value of diversity, and absolutely that's important, but we often don't consider the diversity that comes with an accessibility perspective. You know, people with disabilities, for instance, are often missed out of this diversity circle, which I find Mm -hmm. very strange because that's where innovation really comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's just literally about considering the fact we have human beings in business. What does that mean? What do people need? How do we enable them to enable us to achieve what we need to? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you mentioned there, obviously, about the the line managers and often, you know, there's maybe some training, there's maybe no training. Sometimes there's, you know, days and days of training. Do you think that sort of key thing of supporting staff with their disabilities, their needs, that communication, do you think that's a part of that training? Or, you know, is that something that's maybe missing in that awareness piece for line managers? I absolutely think that's part of that education. You know, line management training isn't just about people with disabilities, but people need to have confidence to have a conversation. And the reality is most people don't sit there with that confidence. And so they'd rather skirt around it. And also, if you don't portray yourself as having that open door kind of policy where you welcome those maybe more difficult conversations so that people can get the best out of their days and so on, Mm -hmm. um, it's not really going to happen. You know, if you've got a closed door, be that literally or, you know, metaphorically, people just aren't going to come to you. And if they're not going to do that, how do you communicate effectively? Because if someone's not going to let you know what they need or that they're going for a bad time, that communication's already stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, funny, it, funny you mentioned that because it's something that we hear quite a lot from a lot of organisations in that they perhaps know there's an issue with a member of their team, but they're almost scared to ask in case they offend them or it becomes an HR issue. Where or what would you advise somebody to to sort of approach that topic in a way that doesn't offend somebody or doesn't sort of upset somebody by basically just asking the questions? I would literally say, "How are you? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can get you? You don't seem yourself. You know, yeah. any of those very generic, caring, genuine caring terms. However, it's so important that those same people allow enough time for proper discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, certainly in the UK, we can be very British." How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And actually, you walk away, you're having an awful day. That poor guy over there has just found out his wife wants to divorce him. All those kind of things. But actually, mm-hmm. we're fine because it's what we say. Yeah. So there's another thing in a lot of the mental health kind of learning is about asking twice. So sometimes mm-hmm. just rewording it a bit, you know, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So I just wanted to check in, though, you know, it's difficult times for everyone. Well, yeah, it is. And often you find then you'll get more of a kind of open response. But, yeah, you need to also demonstrate it yourself. So it's not a comfort zone for a lot of people. You only share what you want to. But if you share a little more about yourself, then people Mm -hmm. actually see you as a human being and not just a professional. And then it kind of flips over and it enables other people to say, actually, yeah, it's the same for me. And it can continue into a proper dialogue. 
Yeah, and that goes back, I suppose, to what you were saying about you know the tone of language being professional of you know the very formal emails of how are you today happy to help door open kind of emails where as you say all it takes is I suppose obviously in this age maybe it's hard to do but sitting down beside somebody or sending even a quick you know we all on instant messaging services now uh, particularly if you work just how are you how's your day going? Absolutely I've got to say in my past life the best line manager I ever had what I noticed right at the beginning was at the start of every team meeting, we had a check-in. Literally, mm-hmm. everyone did a little mark out of 10 how they were feeling today. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just a tick box, let's move on. It mm-hmm. was, you know, people had 10s and 8s and stuff. That's yeah. fantastic. Why was that? But if anyone had 1s and 2s, do you want to share? Is there something we can help you with that's going to help build up your numbers and help you feel better? Um all of that stuff made such a difference. And I didn't realise how impactful it could really be until I experienced it. And so, yeah, I steal these ideas. <laughs> well, it's not stealing. It's all about sharing and <laughs> being able to pass them on. So so that's great to hear. Um, Erica, in terms of your work, you've obviously done a lot of research, uh, as we talked about, uh, D&I, um, particularly D&I communications. How can brands get the tone right? And from some of the findings that you have done and, and around the work that you've done, is there any kind of key findings that um, you've come across? Yeah, I mean, I think so we work a lot with businesses and and what we've started to notice or what we had started to notice was that they were talking about DNI more, which is obviously great because it's something that that impacts everyone. Um but the challenge within that I think is is the trap of when you're speaking as a human being from one person to another versus mm-hmm. when you're speaking as a business. And I think that's what we were starting to see was a lot of these, you know, the, the cliches, both in language in terms of how you're talking about, you know, we're being better together and, you know, just the, the visual cliches of, you know, happy, smiling, perfectly diverse people um, yeah. and, you know, different multicolors and all of those things that you just look at and it's just, oh, this is what I what I know is to be. The, the same sort of thing happened with greenwashing, right? But it's um, it's something that we were, you know, just how bad is this problem? Because it's, it's something that our clients are starting to come to us more and more for. So, we actually looked at the the Forbes 100 um, to look at, you know, just how bad this problem was. And, well, it was pretty bad. I think, you know, 90% of these these businesses were talking about DNI, great, mm-hmm. but half of them were falling, you know, victim to this, to these DNI cliches. And so we, you know, we tried to start to unpack it a bit more because obviously it's a huge topic. It's, it's very sensitive. It's very new for, for a lot of businesses to be talking about. So we understand it can be intimidating. It can be confusing, all of these things. But um, when it comes down to it, I think what we need to understand is that Talking about DNI is just a way to better reflect and connect with your audiences. And I think that's the piece that is so, it should be so simple, um, mm-hmm. but really it just gets kind of sucked under with all of these other kind of confusing, conflicting things and and that fear of getting it wrong. And I think that's what you were kind of hinting at earlier, which is um, th- the point that, you know, people just get so overwhelmed by everything that they should do, shouldn't do, and they're scared to say these things. And that's where people actually find themselves tripping up. It's because they're they're too scared um, mm-hmm. or they're, they're too worried about saying the wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I think it is, there is a sense of, you know, you have to, you have to be a little bit bold. You have to be a little bit fearless and you have to kind of just go in there and put your heart into it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just people talking to other people. And I think that's kind of what, what's at the heart of a lot of this, the, the, you know, how to get DNI communications right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and funny, you'd mentioned obviously that for a lot of organizations, they were, they were talking about it, but they weren't really saying anything, I suppose would probably be the best way to put it. One of the things that we have come across with a lot of organizations is that they have the DNI managers, the DNI teams, but they're only maybe looking at one or two DNI topics. You know, oh, that's not a theme we're looking at at the minute. And particularly disability can be one that can often drop down the list because it's not always maybe a hot topic in the news or, you know, there there's topics that are really so are, are, are getting more press. How do you find the balance in, in working with organizations to get that full DNI rather than it not just being one DNI topic or, or the other? I think it's it's always tricky, right? Because there's always going to be multiple topics that you want to cover, but obviously it's mm-hmm. just not possible or not practical. And so one of our principles, um, we essentially developed a, a list of, of very sort of practical principles that companies can use to help guide them in, in how mm-hmm. to talk about DNI. And one of them is, um, you know, don't don't overcomplicate. Don't try to tell the whole story all at once because when you try mm-hmm. to do that, you're you're inevitably going to leave someone or somebody or, or some group out, yeah. and that's that's obviously not helpful towards what you're what you're working towards. Trying to build a more sort of inclusive and, and welcoming um, working culture and environment. So mm-hmm. I think what what we suggest is just kind of focusing on what you can tell and 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 noting that this is just one part of the story it's it's not this isn't where it stops it's just we're talking about this um we're talking to this particular person or this particular group at this time and this is what we're doing towards that um mm-hmm. but it's it's don't let yourself kind of get overwhelmed with trying to do too much at once because then you just end up talking to no one and again i suppose that comes back to engaging and communicating with your audience and knowing what what's the best way to communicate with them what's their needs what what it is that that they're really looking for from you as an organization exactly exactly Mm -hmm. that yeah I think it's it's really just you know it's it's less about the 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 one-way sort of message that you're trying to push out right yeah thinking about kind of who your audience is, where they are, and how to actually reach them. And then mm-hmm. you can think and worry about all of the the little bits and pieces of, okay, now actually, how do I do that? What's the best sort of manner and approach for that? Whether that's, you know, through a certain channel, whether that's through a certain kind of form of media. But I think it's it's really kind of stripping it back to the basics and really starting with, with the person that you're trying to speak with. Mm-hmm. And I suppose really just to sort of finish up, um, our conversation if there was one kind of one piece of advice obviously we talked about hints and tips but if there was one key takeaway that you could give to anybody to help them develop their inclusive communications what would it be uh Jodie we'll start with you I think for me it would be have the courage you need to build the disability confidence if you're going to engage and I mean directly but also then you're literally going to engage with your materials and so on because you need to understand what it really means which means you need to focus on it but often it really is the reason you talk about with the DNI kind of ladder you know you tend to end up with disability sitting at the bottom it's sad but it is true more often than not and I think it's having the courage to actually take the ball by the horns I hope that translates for everyone and Mm -hmm. basically get involved learn more 
And yeah, just make sure that you really are including everyone and not just, you know, and the sort of 80% demographic. <laughs> yeah, and, and Erica, what about yourself then? I think it's it's just making this normal because I think so often people sort of approach the 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 topic of um, DNI and especially you know reaching out to specific audiences as oh I don't know how to do it and and they kind of get caught in that in that kind of paralysis of feeling oh I I don't know what to say but really it's just it's a it's almost a change of mindset um, of making it of normalizing it um, because it is normal. Um, that is, that is, you know, that's everyday people's everyday experiences. And it's just about kind of, you know, speaking to them in a way that just makes sense. And so it really, it, it's quite simple when you think of it in that way. Um, all of the, the other sort of details can be sort of worked out and, and, you know, companies and people will figure it out how to do that. Um, but really, I think it's just, you know, it's not, it's not some special thing that, you know, needs to be treated any differently. It's just mm-hmm. normalizing the, the experience and how we approach it. Brilliant. No, Erica, Jody, thank you very much um, for your input today. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, I think that's all we have time for today. So thank you all very much for joining us. It's been great. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. You can find more readability best practice on our website at text.help forward slash readability. And don't forget to subscribe to Text Help Talks on your preferred podcast player or streaming service to catch the next episode. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.